0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 33 of the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. I'm your host, Reagan Rose, and I have with me here, if you're watching the video, my co-host, Watson Thomas Rose, who is one years old. <sighs> one other small difference you might have noticed besides the baby who is helping me co-host is that my hair is very short. You know, we're in the middle of this quarantine and I had the bright idea that, hey, Kim, what if we cut my hair real short because no one will see me during this and we can see what it would look like if it's like buzzed real short. Great idea, except for the fact that I forgot that I make videos every single week and that people all over the world get to see my ridiculous haircut. Well, Kim, after she cut it, cried and she described it as, quote, you look like Britney Spears when she had that meltdown and shaved her head, which is accurate if not very hurtful. Thanks, Kim. We got a good episode for you today. I did an interview with Chris Riser, a pastor out of Tennessee, and we talked about productivity, uh, how it relates to sanctification, which is you know a huge topic for this program. And we even talked about technology. You know, we're in the midst of this pandemic right now, and talking about. Yeah, the excellent contribution from Watson there. Wow, he is very thoughtful. Is that all? Um, And we even talked about how Christians are utilizing technology right now and how we might even take lessons from... uh, what we're doing right now and bring them in, into the future and how we minister to others and how we glorify God with our lives and just think about technology in general in terms of our productivity and our sanctification. So it's a great episode. I'm excited to bring it to you. Um, just one thing before we get into it. Uh, remember, if you are listening to this and you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. Um, we bring a new episode every single Monday, Lord willing. And uh, you can subscribe on any of the major podcast players. Or on YouTube, and yes, and if you do that, uh, then you'll get the newest ones brought straight to you every single week. All right. Well, without further ado or further commentary from Watson, let's get into this week's episode. This week, we are joined by Chris Reiser. Uh, Chris is the pastor teacher of Grace Community Church in Maryville, Tennessee. He holds a Master of Divinity from the Master's Seminary and a Master's in Biblical Counseling from the Master's University. And pleased to welcome Chris to the show. Welcome, good to have you.
1: It is it's great to be here. It's um, looking forward to our discussion today.
0: Absolutely, me too. Um, so, Chris, I got connected with you through one of your congregants, Jessica. And she had told me a little bit about your habits and pointed me to a series that you had done on productivity uh, at your church for, I think, for a men's group or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I I listened to actually, yeah, I listened to the whole thing. That was a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I really appreciated it. And I think we're kind of probably kindred spirits in how we think about that. And so I thought it'd be neat to have you on the show and talk to you a little bit about how Christians approach our work and getting things done Um, and couldn't have anticipated the strange kind of times we're in right now with the pandemic and the virus and the lockdown which I think has presented its own unique set of productivity challenges so I want to talk about that with you a little bit too. Sounds great. So maybe, uh, you know, I covered kind of a little bit about your your education. Maybe tell me a little bit about yourself and about your church, how long you've been there, your family, that kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, when I finished up uh, Master of Divinity and Biblical Counseling uh, in 2004, we came uh, directly here to, to Maryville, Tennessee. you got to say that right. Maryville is one way to say it, but if you <laughs> live here for very long, you got to say Maribel. Uh, Maryville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. it took me about took about five years to get there. It's not a fake, otherwise, because uh, I am not a Southern boy in any way. I'm I'm from mostly West. Uh, grew up in Arizona. Uh, lived in in California for a while. In Colorado, a uh, little bit of time in Missouri. That's the closest I ever got uh, south or east. So I came in 2004 here. So I've been here for 15 years, little just just a little over that. Um, first, it's first time I've been a a lead or a teaching pastor. I was in uh, youth ministry for about. Uh, a, well, almost 10 years full-time before that in, in Missouri, but had not been had this kind of position before. Uh, and so I've just uh, it's it's been a great blessing, a tremendous learning experience as well. Uh, I've been married for 30 years this year uh, to my wife, Elisa. Uh, we have four children. My oldest son, Josiah, is 24. Uh, then I have a, a daughter, Joanna. She's uh, just turned 16. She's driving, and all that's new to us. Uh, and then I have two adopted daughters from Haiti, uh, Marie, who is 13, and Selena, who's 11. They've been with us for for 10 years this year. Uh, what a joyful addition to our family! Uh, and uh, that's a whole other story. It's been quite a quite a challenge, but a great joy just to to welcome them and and have them be part. So that's I guess kind of kind of who I am.
0: Wow, that's awesome! Well, congratulations on 30 years of marriage. That's a big milestone.
1: Yeah. Okay. It is exciting, and it, it gets it gets better. It truly does, uh, and yet there's always challenges. So.
0: Absolutely. So, what got you interested, kind of, in the subject of of personal productivity? That made you even want to do this um, series you did with the the men at your church.
1: You bet. Uh, really, when I was when I was about 26 years old, I was I just entered into full time ministry as a as a youth pastor in in Missouri. And, Uh, of uh, one of the elders of our church gave me a book called holiness by jc ryle uh and as i was reading the book i I, I was out in southern california visiting my brother i remember sitting beside the pool and i'm reading the book thinking there's only one thing really i mean as a believer i love the lord by his grace uh it's only one thing that's keeping me from really pursuing holiness and and that's that I'm, i'm i'm lazy i'm just not pursuing it the way that i need to because i'm not putting in the effort uh you know, obviously the Holy Spirit has to. Has, he actually does the change, but but you have to put in effort. It's that is that part of it is a partnership work. And so as I was sitting there, I really, so entered, I guess, personal productivity really through the avenue of needing knowing that I needed to be more holy and and knowing that I wasn't going to do that unless I was able to change my routine and and be more disciplined. So that kind of started a lifelong pursuit. Then of just. Trying to refine my schedule and 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 do things in a way that would enable me to to pursue the word and pursue the ministry the way I needed to. When I came here, uh, one of the primary things I wanted to do as as the teaching pastor was to work with our men uh, to help them essentially do the same thing. If you want to be holy, you, you're going. You've got to be disciplined. I, you know, First Timothy four uh, eight that you know, we discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, uh, and so so the series I, I did it in a variety of formats uh and then most recently the iron man format our, our monday morning because I, I just have a passion to see that men would would know uh, how to pursue holiness in a way that is is one of them to to actually progress rather than just wish they were holy um but really think through it well so that's really the impetus of the uh, of the Ironman program and most of what i've done there
0: yeah absolutely yeah it's it's funny my interest in personal productivity productivity is came from a similar place um reading uh i think for me the big thing was Edwards has a sermon on the preciousness of time and the importance of redeeming it, and yes. that just hit me so hard and then any any book on on personal holiness sanctification that connection it's not a hard leap to go from okay I, I I want to be more godly. What do I need to do? Um, so I definitely appreciate that that angle on it. Um, maybe talk to me a little bit more about um, the relationship between sanctification and personal discipline or, or productivity, because I I think just from talking to folks, there's a lot of in the church people who misunderstand sanctification, you know, there is some of that, um, Keswick kind of let go and let God, which right. would be, they would call what we're talking about legalism. They would yes. say, Oh, pr- trying to put effort into it, you're being legalistic. Um, so how would you answer that? Or how would you describe that relationship?
1: Uh, and I would run into the same, uh, consistently. Uh, and it was one of the things early on that I had to wrestle through. So do you, I mean, how do you work at this? Do you just wait? To, you, know, for something to happen? If the Spirit of God is doing it, so I think as I was as I studied and, and worked my way through it, those you know some of those passages I mentioned. You got the first Timothy four uh, eight, which is as you discipline yourself, and just what that word actually means. It, it's it means effort involved there. To discipline yourself means that you are actually doing something. Uh, you know, in in Philippians chapter two. Uh, verse 13, you have, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you. So as, as I worked my way through it, beginning to not be afraid then of the effort involved, because scripture over and over says you're going to have to put yourself into this. Really with uh, further on in First Timothy, where Paul tells Timothy that you are to uh, take, take labor with this. You are to be diligent in these matters. Keep yourself holy to them so that everyone can see your progress. So just seeing all the scriptural uh, uh, exhortations towards effort, but then realizing and, and working my way through, so that effort is is my part, as it were. The actual change through that effort is that's what the Spirit does. I can't I can't manufacture that, but I have to scripturally. I have to be in a place where where that change can take place, which means the Bible has to be before my eyes. I have to be in places where I'm hearing the truth. And so that's where the personal discipline, personal productivity comes in, to manage my time well, so that that change that only the spirit can do. I, I my schedule and my life is directed towards seeing, you know, allowing that to be the greatest change possible. So, as people say, legalism. Essentially, what I'll say is, well, I mean, it's it's. Obedience, the Bible says obey, and that's not legalism. That's obey because that's what God God tells us to do. And that it would be legalism if I said, I am doing this and I'm manufacturing the change. Look at what I've done. That's legalism where you're saying it would be the same for salvation. Look what what I saved myself. I did these things to be saved. Well, sanctification, similarly, not exactly the same. but where if I did all these things, I would be saying, I'm the one that made myself sanctified. So I think that's been super helpful for me to help that with with guys to say, I'm, I'm not telling you, you are, you are changing yourself. I'm saying you are doing what scripture says so that the spirit of God will renew your mind. Ephesians four, uh, he does the renewal. You are putting in this effort. So it's not legalism. It's, it's joyful biblical obedience.
0: Great answer. I so appreciate that. That is, that's spot on, spot on. Um, So maybe a little bit about even you've talked about in your 26 and how you kind of got into personal productivity and all that. What are some of the things you're doing now just from a practical standpoint to keep yourself organized and make sure you're actually, you know, getting things done and completing tasks and, and routines are happening?
1: Sure, and I'll 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 give uh, full disclosure up front. All of anything I'm doing, I stole from somebody else. So so none of this is unique to me. In, in fact, you uh, know probably my is most recently the things that I'm doing have, have been prompted a lot by Tim Chally's book "Do More Better." Mm-hmm. Uh, I also read uh, Matt Perman's book uh, "What's Best Next," mm-hmm. uh, and so a lot of those things I just tried to call from that. And so kind of a, a three a three prong approach to enabling myself to be more productive. One is to have a, a good scheduling routine. So I, I use a, a calendar app on, on my iPad uh, to make sure that everything that I'm supposed to do is, is gets on that schedule. It's that's, so that's personal you know, personal time in the word, uh, then meetings that have to be done study time. I try to block out my time. Uh, you know, can maybe talk more about the specifics of that later, but so, so the calendar where I put everything that I, I, as I think through a week, everything that I need to do, I try to think, think through a month, okay, to the bigger picture events, things like that. So calendar. And the next part of that is a good uh, to-do list, essentially. So I use to-do list, which Charlie uh, recommends, because it's really versatile. Uh, what, I, what I love particularly about that, and I think most of them do it now, but th- there's these repeating tasks that you can do. So, I have a whole series of categories and then, you know, for discipleship and for family things. And so, I have these repeating tasks that come up every day to say, do this, do this, do this. Incredibly helpful because I remember about a quarter of that stuff that I'm supposed to do. It's uh, And he suggests, you know, Charlie suggests, like, but put on there that you're supposed to check your schedule. And you think, who needs to put on that check your schedule? But I'll get up in the morning and I'll forget to check my schedule and I'll miss a meeting. It's crazy. So, Todoist is kind of the next part of that and super helpful. And then uh, the, the last last piece that, that I use, I also recommended by challenges, is, is a kind of an information uh, organization program. Uh, so I use OneNote, uh, Microsoft, where I could have a bunch of categories and I just, things that I need to do, information that I that I need to remember, try to just plug everything into that, uh, and get that organized so that I can find, you know, if I'm working on a project, if I've got a sermon that I'm working on all, a lot of that information is found there. So kind of those three pieces help me remain productive or or try and then, and then I analyze each of those, how well am I using a tool? Am I actually, you know, accomplishing what I need to do with it? So those are kind of the three prong approach to, that I use most often now to be productive.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned blocking out your schedule. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? You talk about time blocking.
1: Yeah. So as I look through a, a week, essentially, uh, I want to, and, and really kind of, then then that's through the month. And so I'm looking to see, okay, relationally speaking, with people that I need to spend time with, I want to be blocking out those meetings. And so I'm looking at discipleship things that I'm doing, and I'm getting those sent in. Uh, then I, and probably first, I'm looking at, as a, as, a, as a lead pastor, teaching pastor, I've, I've got to study, and my week can get so cluttered up so quickly that I just don't block out the time to study, and then I'm doing it all Saturday night, and my family's not happy. Uh, so putting in the study times really first, that's what I do first. Then I'm looking for administration time. I, I have to have time to, to plan things and to contact people. So that goes in. Then I'm looking for meeting times, placing those meetings in, Uh, and, and then I try to leave some lag time, some leeway for the unexpected things. And again, most of that's, you know, that philosophy of it is just, I took that from people who do this well. Uh, but that's, that's really been helpful. Uh, well, then events are kind of the next thing. Uh, those half, you know, those are on, you're going to, you know, the youth group's going to do this or, you know, so those things are part of my schedule as well. So that's kind of how I look at each week. And then I adjust that each week based on if I have more people to meet, if if, um, an event is going to take more time administratively, I have to add, I have to lengthen that period of time while always, and I don't always do this as well as I need to, trying to keep my study time pretty consistent.
0: Yeah. And do you have um, other pastors at your church or or elders, or do you have people that you can kind of help share the load with or, or even delegate to?
1: Yes, definitely. So I have, I have another full-time associate pastor uh, and then a part-time uh, youth youth pastor and we're an elder-led church. So I've got um, four other elders. So as far as getting all those things done, another part of that administrative task is handing off the pieces of the week or events uh, that, that need to get delegated out. Uh, I'll have to say I'm learning You know, it's been 15 years, well, it's actually almost 25 years in full-time ministry and delegation still is, you know, doing that well is, it's a great skill and that I'm still working on. But so part of what I do is trying to figure out who can take what piece of the things that have to happen and then trying to keep accountability with that. How's that actually?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, do you use, this is a little bit nitty gritty, but just out of my own curiosity, um, One of the things I, I use a similar tool set, uh, and one of the things I've i found difficult is with working in a team and trying to delegate things, and having to jump out of that tool set to kind of give you know you hand off a task to somebody, right. and then it's no longer in your task manager, for example, and then you're having to remember okay I need to follow up because it's not going to get ch- checked off automatically for me. That kind of right. thing has has been a perennial challenge for me. I was just wondering if, if that's been an issue for you too and how you've addressed it.
1: That definitely is a challenge. And I've tried things like, uh, you know, when you're using Outlook, which I also, I kind of, that's email side of things. I didn't mention that. That's another piece of trying to keep things organized. But so I've tried where you, you know, you do the, the group, the meetings that show up on both or tasks and that's never worked well. I just never have gotten it to work. So the thing that I'm, trying now is in my to-do list. When I hand off something, I'm trying to put in a repeating reminder, check with so-and-so about this thing that they were supposed to do. So it either stays on my task list or pops up at various times. That's the most effective thing I've probably ever done. Uh, and that's only very most recently, you know, if I hand off something to the elders, or if I've, you know, Ron, my associate pastor, has got something to do. That has actually been pretty effective because it keeps popping up and, and it says what task I'm supposed to be checking on. And then it just reminds me that I need to check with them.
0: Oh, that's a really great idea. I'm going to steal that from you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it's, it's worked well. so
0: Yeah. So you just check it off and then it'll come back up a week later, whatever the interval is. And then you just Absolutely. De- delete it or stop the repetition once the thing's totally done. Yes. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. I'm going to write that one down. Appreciate hopefully it. Hopefully
1: <laughs> that will be. Hopefully that will work for you. It's the only thing I've found that actually helps me there.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It's just like
1: a, pad, a piece of, you know, uh, uh, essentially, you know, something I've written it down and hey, check with Ron about this. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the tough thing is too, I think you want to, everyone, how they approach getting things done is going to be unique. Like some people prefer yeah. to do a pen and paper. Some people are going to like the same tool set you're using, but trying to force everybody to use the same tools sometimes it can be counterproductive for everyone you know because there's like shared yeah. spaces where you can do things like that where you can delegate and i know that there's even software systems they sell at churches now that try to help you know you to organize yeah. everything right. but the downside is people lose the autonomy to kind of do what works for them and how they keep track of stuff so i i like the way that i like your approach to that that's clever
1: and the Lord is gracious. And, and as you said, I've, you know, my staff is very different. Elders are very, very different. Uh, and so if I try to make them, if I try to automate some of that stuff for them, right. I'm just, I'm, I'm harming their productivity because they're trying to match something that they just don't like. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't go well.
0: No, absolutely. Um, why do you think, uh, with, with pastors I, I've had, uh, an inordinate amount of pastors on this podcast because that's just kind of the the circles I travel in um, and I always ask this question about why is it you think that it's especially important for pastors to to be diligent about personal productivity
1: I think it's a couple of reasons I think the the generally the nature of the task is such that you have you have all a whole bunch of time that you can allocate in any way. No one is directly telling you, except that you got to show up on Sunday and preach. That's, you know, you got to be there, but you've got a whole week worth. You've got all these hours that no one tells you exactly what to do with. And in seminary, they do their best to even try to tell you how to do that. But then you've got all this time. Uh, now it gets used quickly, but nonetheless, it's all yours. And so if you don't carefully, if you don't have some of these tools, what happens is your time gets away from you. So I think it can lead to laziness where it is, and, and sometimes not even purposely, but if, if you have any tendency towards this, it's going to be easy just to put off things and to to not work hard. I think that's one thing. I think I think the next thing is that because it's such a there's so many different things to be doing. You're studying, which is kind of intensely personal. You're trying to be with people. Uh, you're trying to administrate, which you know you have varying gifts or skills at. That all the different kinds of things you have to do if they're not carefully managed, then you get out of control in one area or another. It's not like you can just, you're just doing one thing that is pretty much the same all the time, so you don't don't have to manage it. So I think that all that time that has to be allocated that nobody tells you what to do with, like you don't have to show up at the office as it were at 8.30. There's not a class you have to teach, again, except Sunday or maybe some other thing. So if you're a teacher, you have to be there. But if you're a pastor, you don't have to go see somebody at a certain time. And then I think the ability, well, and I think the other thing is the time is it's always incredibly valuable. It's valuable for everyone, but there's an accountability built in or should be with pastors that their people, if you're paid and not everybody gets to be paid as a pastor, but either way they you need to be you need to use your time well, and so it's it's good stewardship of the time and the money that your your people are so graciously providing you to use it unwisely is, it's, it's a travesty. And so I just think that's another piece of it. I need to be accountable to the people who are being so gracious to free me up to do this. And so being productive, having these things is essential to do that as well.
0: No, absolutely. Um, as a pastor, you know, you you had talked about you doing this Iron Man thing where you're working with the guys and you've done some, some, um, some of those on productivity. Uh, I did college ministry for a number of years. I, I lead Bible studies now mostly, but one of the things as a minister that is frustrating is you want to see your people growing and you want to see them maturing. and especially like you said, the men in your church, you want to see, the, the future elders of your church being raised up, you know, the, the heads of their home. Uh, you want to see that. And as we've talked about, we know a big part of that involves them taking responsibility and being diligent with how they use their time. If you could give one thing to To the men in your church or the 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 men who are listening to this or the, or the women too what's one thing that you you would tell people in terms of how do they manage their time or, or one task they could be doing or one routine they could be doing that you think would most um, benefit them as they grow in maturity into christ
1: so, I think this is what you mean at the outset if I could say look if you're going to get a hold of this well you know what's one practical thing you could do And that would be to track your time consistently. Uh, In fact, I start this way, but we do a lot of training for ministry and guys that are gonna go into ministry as well. And and really in nearly every place I start with this, look, you take your time, look at it in 15 minute increments, uh, track that to see what you're wasting, what you're using, and then consistently go back to, to actually tracking not just what you say you're supposed to do, and that's on your schedule, but what you actually do that I found that as practically speaking, and I think that's answering your question. The thing yeah. that I would say, start with that.
0: No, that's really helpful. Yeah. That, that's exactly what I was getting at. Um, one of the things I think was a huge indictment against me is I have a, an iPhone and uh, maybe it was been a couple of years now since they came out with the screen time feature. And yes. it would send you a report on like Sundays. Good? No, because when it tells you like you've averaged two hours a day on your phone, you're like, no, I haven't. There's no exactly. way that I actually have, but it's it's not lying. And that that's only just that one part of your your screen time on the phone. But I think that we are notorious people are notorious for being overly optimistic about how we think we're actually spending our time right and when you actually track it it, yeah (laughs) when you compare what you think that your schedules like to actually tracking it yeah Yeah. that's that's a wake-up call for sure that's good advice that's really good advice um, one of the things we were talking about a little bit before um, I hit record on this is, of course, you know, we're in the midst of this pandemic. A lot of people are locked down. I know that Tennessee right. is is now, or you're the county north of you, and you're expecting yep. your county is going to be locked down soon, too, right? That's correct. Yep, one county. And so a lot of folks are having to utilize technology and, and churches, too, in a unique way. I mean, we're you're having... Elders meetings, I expect over yep. over Zoom, and you know everyone's looking like fighter pilots.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite quite fascinating.
0: Yeah, what have you? I don't know if you've had time to reflect on that much, but I, I just the whole thing to me is very. Um, uh, I think there's there's some encouraging aspects to it to how we're leveraging technology, but um, I guess what I'm I'm getting at is a lot of times. Christians, we kind of will balk at technology as mostly a vehicle for distraction, which it is a lot of times. You know, I just yes. talked about my screen time usage, right? Um, or even a vehicle for sin. But yeah. right now, it, it's just fascinating to me the Lord has seen fit to have us being in a time where we have the ability to connect in ways we never have before with video calls and all kinds of things and staying connected. Um, so have you thought through that at all from, uh, from the standpoint of how even on the other side of this pandemic, Christians might learn from what we're experiencing and better use the tools that the Lord's given us, um, to, for fellowship and, and even for ministry.
1: You bet. In fact, I just had a discussion with a guy over zoom, uh, a zoom discipleship meeting I was doing about this very thing. Uh, and it, you know, yeah, they're the dangers. So we, I talked about that last night and to my teams, you know, you've got to make all these excuses now because, well, I have to be on, you know, got to do Zoom. My youth pastor said I had to do that. And then I can click on the YouTube video, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, the dangers have always existed there. but oh, really already we've begun to discover that for even for, particularly for leadership things, you know, I've been looking for a way to get kind of not just the deacons or the elders uh, but some of our core leaders and then everybody together, uh, to, to talk through, you know, what's, what's going on. And so on Monday night, we used Zoom to get all the key leaders in our, in our ministry together in one place, one screen, we've like got the Brady Bunch. That's the kind of the new theme. Uh, and it was tremendously effective because they could just be at their home. I don't have to come up with, they don't have to all get where they need to go. Uh, you don't have to drive so already, I'm, uh, we're kind of noting things as leaders to say, you know, this is something we'll do afterwards. That is, you know, it's, it's not just the kind of brand new, shiny, Zoom's fun, let's do that. But that it's, it's actually, gonna, I think, in that sense, going to make us more effective. And I think even on the discipleship end of things, while well, certainly we don't ever want to get away from face-to-face being with people. But where there's difficulty in that, where there's is it's just you're not going to connect with somebody because your schedules are not, you, know, you just can't find a physical meeting time. These these kinds of technologies, I, I'm my plan is to really work hard to help people realize the benefit while warning them of the danger. So mm-hmm. you know, we're already trying to work through how this and we really think it will benefit us from a communication, a leadership and I think even a discipleship standpoint without, you know, over-mechanizing it, turning everything into, I'm not going to meet you, let's do Zoom. I think we can use it well without giving in to the things that make it less personal.
0: Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I'm right there with you. And I think of like the Apostle Paul, you know, he he we have his epistles and he we see that he had a writing ministry, but he often to the churches was talking about longing to see them face to face and actually being with them and that there was something especially beneficial of being there in person. And so I I don't think you can replace that with with technology, but I do think you can supplement it to a degree and um, increase those number of touch points you have uh, with folks, with without being subject to some of the limitations of of place that we have uh, in our busy
1: schedules. I definitely agree. I think it. I think we can use it to add rather than subtract. And I think that's the danger. If it starts to subtract because it's you know, hey, staying in my jammies and doing my thing is a lot easier. But that's that's a problem no matter what we do. Uh, so using it, I don't think, is the problem it's just right making the additions because the more we can contact and touch base the better off the better off we are so i i agree i just think that's the way to to use it wisely
0: yeah, absolutely well, Chris, I, I really appreciate you taking the time this morning yeah. to, to come on and, and talk about these things. I I know I've already <laughs> going to steal some of the things that, that you've been talking about, um, borrow liberally and uh, implement them in my own life. And I'm sure that it's been beneficial to those who are listening. Um, prayers for you and, and for your congregation uh, in this unique season of ministry. And uh, we'll just keep trust in the Lord and see see what comes next with all of this
1: it'll be amazing to see what the Lord does we have a unique opportunity I'm looking forward to just using it well we only get one shot at this crisis so we want to use it to to the Lord's glory as best we can so it's been a it's been a privilege this is a passion for me uh as I said everything I've told you that's good someone else told me Uh, so I'm just stealing it but uh thank you it has been a privilege to talk through these things I love doing it